0: Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Coming up in the next 30 minutes, you'll hear from Lee Ryder as he brings you the up-to-date info on a new chapter of the Newcastle United Takeover saga as a new group claims interest in buying out Mike Ashley. There'll also be a transfer update as Steve Bruce closes in on his second summer signing. Plus, we look at what comes next for Manda Stavely's consortium. Will they resurrect their bid? All that and much more to come. On this episode of the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hello, and welcome to Chronicle NUFC on Facebook. This will also be going out as an episode of the Everything is Black and White podcast later today. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined by our chief sports writer, Lee Ryder. And as ever with Newcastle, it's been another bizarre weekend, another news filled weekend. And just before we get on to the latest takeover, claims a new group has emerged. We're going to start with some positive news, Lee, and that is one of uh, a second imminent sign at Newcastle United.
1: Yeah, it looks like Jeff Hendricks nearly done. Um, last stages of his medical could be announced anytime in the next sort 24, 48 hours if it, if it goes well. And hopefully he's going to be at the club's uh, training base, which I believe is taking place um, in York, near York somewhere. So, very different pre-season for Newcastle compared to last year when they were in uh, Shanghai and Nanjing and China um, but just down the road here because obviously the situation we're all in at the moment and um, they're hopefully going to be joined by obviously not, not one but two new faces because obviously Mark Gillespie the goalkeeper comes in as well uh, after a free transfer from Motherwell so a couple of new faces
0: and um, hopefully a few more come now he arrives on a free Des uh, Hendrick from Burnley. You know, a few, given the rumours of who could have been arriving this summer um, with the previous takeover, some people are feeling a bit underwhelmed by it, but he's a solid Premier League player. You know, he's had four seasons in the Premier League with Burnley. Um Okay, he doesn't score a boatload of goals, but he does the job. He's I don't know about you, Lee, but he comes across as a bit of a Matt Ritchie character. He's just, he's there, he can lead and he just, he puts, he puts his everything into into a game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does look like he's going to be one of these sort of consistent, you know, dare I say it, 7 out of 10 sort of performer and, you know, doing the job for the team every week. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Newcastle were linked with some unbelievable names when the obviously there was a big possibility of the takeover with that Stably going through. But um, I think... During that time, a lot of agents knew that might have been money coming in Newcastle, and suddenly their their clients were getting sort of pushed out there, and there were going to be big possibilities in their eyes of coming to Newcastle to to pick up these huge wage packets. But um, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. You know, you can only judge someone until you've seen them play, seen them pull the shirt on. How do they deal with you know life at Newcastle, playing at St James Park, and um, hopefully he settles in quickly, and it, it's a good sign for the club.
0: Where do you see him fitting in? Because obviously that midfield and the forward three are kind of... It's very... We, we kind of know what Steve Bruce likes. We kind of know what Steve Bruce would go for if everybody's fitting raring to go. So where do you think Hendrik might fit into that team? Is he someone that can come straight into the starting eleven, or do you think he's more of a player to, to fill in when someone gets injured or suspended or out of form?
1: No, I think he's definitely come here to play and he's obviously got a, some good Premier League... Experience, um, and I think Steve Bruce said, didn't he? Wanted someone to bring an in energy into his midfield. Um, I mean, when he arrived at the club, he had a, you know, some holding midfielders, people like Key who were arguably um, didn't bring that sort of zest to the midfield. Who was going to pass the ball and sit in front of the defence? But now I think Steve Bruce is trying to get build his team to to get on the front foot a lot more. Um, unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that, that don't really like his tactics but at the end of the day you know they were a steady team last year they weren't in the relegation zone after October and you know I expect them to be steady again to be totally honest this season uh, steady if, if unspectacular it's not that exciting to, to to look forward to it but you know maybe they might surprise us maybe they can you know go for that top 10 position and, and the other thing is the longer you stay in in the in the cups the, the longer the excitement goes on in the season and hopefully they can have a much better crack at the at the league cup um this season they went out on the first stage last time i think that just keeps everyone's season going a little bit and uh hopefully the fans will be back in the stadium at, at some point whether it's all them together or um a, a pocket here and there hopefully you know that things move on as the season progresses
0: You spoke to Steve push recently and he was you know saying about how much uh, energy and the advantage of full St James' Park gives Newcastle United and he's like the rest of us just hoping and wishing that we can we can see fans back into the stadiums very soon isn't he
1: yeah i mean he's he done a you know very honest piece about the difference it makes having 50,000 behind you and we possibly we take it for granted because it's just an every every week thing you know 50,000 fans turning up at St James's, but um, it does make a difference to the players especially the sort of younger players who get a real lift from it and um, the two games that he, he sort of talked about were the Chelsea game and the Man United game and they were two important wins in the season and he believes that the crowd pushed them to, to get those results I mean it was the 94th minute when Hayden scored against Chelsea and obviously second half winner from, from Longstaff and Newcastle were hanging on Towards the end there, and the, the crowd do play a part. There's no doubt about that.
0: And um, just before we get on to then the latest takeover news, a report over the weekend, Lee. I just want to get your your views on this about Callum Wilson and a potential uh, not a swap deal because it still have to pay a bit of money. But Matt Ritchie and Dwight Gale being involved in a deal that would see Callum Wilson coming the other way. Given Matt Ritchie, you know, signed a contract not that long ago. Steve Bruce is a huge fan of Dwight Gale You know when Dwight Gill was injured last last year and he couldn't play him, he, you know, he mentioned how many times did he mention in his press conferences conferences that he, he tried to sign Dwight Gill three or four times for his previous club. So he's a huge fan of of Dwight Gale Can you really see Dwight Gale and Matt Ritchie being involved in some kind of swap deal for Callum Wilson?
1: Well, I think it's a lot of these stories are circulating from from one particular source um and Wilson, Ritchie, and Gale are all represented by the same, um, the the same agency. So I think that you know someone maybe have, have something there. But the reality is, is that Dwight Gale wants to play in the Premier League, and that's always been the case. Uh, Matt Ritchie signed a, a long term deal um, only a few months ago. So um, from the information I was given, was the the there's one player at Bournemouth, the. Steve Bruce was looking at it, it was Josh King, so we'll have to wait and see what happens on on that on that front. But you know why, why would you, why would you drop down a division? Um, Dwight Gale didn't want to do that. When he went to West Brom, he was sort of pushed into it. Um, Newcastle had to put his wages up for him to agree to drop down so that Rondon could come here, and it was it was probably you know one of the the not the worst deal in the club's history, but to have to give someone more money, who's not even playing for you in another division, is a is a is a crazy thing to do. But that's what they had to do to get Rondon, uh, and that was only on a loan deal. So, look, Dwight Gale finished the season strongly this year. Um, scored four goals in the last few games, and he proved if you give him service, then he he can get goals in the top division. So. is he the future? No, he's probably not the future, but next season, can he do a job if he gets service? I think the answer is yes.
0: Just a couple of questions then before we move on. Stephen Harris asks, do you think our big name players will be safe as Mike Ashley tries to keep the club attractive to buyers? So he's obviously probably talking about Miguel Almiron and St. Maximum, I think there, but do do you see anybody, any of them big names leaving this summer?
1: Well, I have to be Totally, I have to answer that question honestly. And under Mike Ashley, if he gets with a huge, a huge uh, transfer fee, then you know, nine and a half times out of ten, he's going to take it. It's no doubt about it because that's what he's done in the past. Um, you know, we've seen some huge sales uh, outgoing to so, Kabai, so good, goodbye. Um, you know, Andy Carroll back in the day. If if Mike Ashley can pick up a big fee. Um, then he'll take the money and reinvest some of it in the team and then some of it seems to go back in the club. So we'll have to wait and see what happens, whether there are any genuine big bids. You know, we're coming into the sort of, sort of pre-season now, so teams are trying to get set up and uh, there's, there's been no England of any you know, big-name departures so far. But the whole transfer window is going to be very difficult this year for, for every club.
0: It certainly is. And then just finally, um, one from Jake, Kevin McNeil, who says we need to focus on getting a striker, a left-back and a right-back in before the end of the transfer window. Do you agree with that commonly? Is that where you see the team needing to strengthen?
1: Well, they definitely need a striker. I mean, we all, we're all football fans at the end of the day and we all like to see a striker come in. We all like to see something that's going to get you excited. And, you know, with the greatest will in the world... A free transfer coming in from Burnley, uh, it's not going to excite a lot of people. So he's going to come in and have a, have a lot of proven left backs and right backs here and there. It's you know, it's not what the fans you know are desperate see. They want to see a striker or a playmaker or someone that's got a bit of caliber coming in and, and doing a doing a job. So let's be totally honest: um, the excitement levels haven't been too high in terms of transfers. Uh, this summer so far so hopefully uh, Steve Bruce does have have one on his list that might um, just get people you know a a little bit more excited than they are at the minute because let's be honest most Newcastle fans down in the dumps at the moment because of the takeover hasn't gone through you kind of get through the door to watch the game even if you wanted to and um, there's other teams doing exciting things so we'll see what we'll see what happens
0: Let's go on to then the takeover. I can hear people groaning with despair already. Another busy weekend, Lee, and it comes from this story that the Bellagraph Nova group based in Paris are interested in buying Newcastle United. They say they're ad advanced negotiations. Um, you've been at the top of this story. Just your initial thoughts on it, really. Are these is this group a, a serious contender? To buy Newcastle United from Manchester? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's one of them where you know I, I was lucky enough to have a few days off last week. I have a little bit of uh, a little bit of a, a break from from the season, but then you know you you've seen sort of rumblings uh, coming out about this uh, this new group coming in, and you think, oh, here we go again. But um, you know we've overturned. A few stones in the last sort of 24 hours, I and mean, we've got to the to the bottom of where, where where this is this is coming from. And I mean, to be totally honest, we're probably taking full ownership of this story in the last uh, in the last 24 36 hours. So it's uh, it's it's happening really quickly. But I think we've got to keep our feet on the ground with it because um, for me, you look at uh, you look at Newcastle United fans have been here before this group. Um, their first bid. Hasn't uh, been accepted by Mike Ashley. £280 pounds. Um, you know, Mike Ashley's said before he's holding out for the for the top price. He'll make it easier. He'll make a staggered payment, which we've heard all before. But look, it's it's not only a hard club to buy, but it's a hard man um, to deal with in, in Mike Ashley. And until these people can really get around the table uh, with him, and you know, get him to accept this deal, it, it, it's going to be difficult. And I know fans are sick to the back teeth of takeover stories, but when something like this emerges, then it's, uh, it's up to us to go and check out. And we have checked out with these people and they have, you know, claimed that they're going to, they're going to really stick at this and try and get the deal done. And they are in talks with Mike Ashley's legal team. So that much we know, um, we'll see where it goes from here.
0: One of the claims is Alan Shearer is involved. Um, Potentially as an advisor, I think the, the, the quote from the source was, but kind of any position he wants. And then yesterday, a national newspaper claimed that he's been offered the manager's job. What do you make of, of, of that? Uh, as an advisor, in my opinion, yeah, perfect. Ambassador role, perfect. Manager's job, you know, he's quite happy doing what he's doing at the moment, match of the day and, and what have you. Could you really see Alan Shearer back in the dugout? <sighs>
1: Well, when you said any position you want, I think probably could still do them as centre forward, to be totally <laughs> honest, with the way the way things were going at one stage last season. But uh, but re- re- look realistically, Alan Shearer has vowed before that he doesn't want to to go back into management. Is there a role for him at the club? I'm um, I'm sure fans would love the, that to be the case. Um, certainly, the people up from the group that are bidding have. have have confirmed that they have had some conversations with with Alan Shearer on a advisory capacity, and uh, we'll, we'll see where where it goes from there. But um, any, I think it would be it would be an unbelievable move for Alan Shearer to come in as manager and, and replace Steve Bruce. I think that's uh, that. I've seen the headlines on that this morning, and and hopefully uh, hopefully we'll get more clarity on exactly what that role would be, but. Alan Shearer is very good friends with Steve Bruce, and I, I don't think he would uh, come in and you know take his position so brutally like that. Um, but I've always said, to be totally honest, knowing Alan Shearer, I know he's a proud man, and I know he said that he wouldn't go back into management. But you know, at one point in his life, he was desperate to do the Newcastle United manager's job, and I think given time, he, he would have been a success. He didn't get that time. Uh, he got it whipped away from him from from Mike Ashley. You know he took on an unbelievable challenge. If if you remember, eight games when Newcastle were pretty much dead and buried anyway, and they only just missed out by a couple of points. I think that was that was harsh. I mean, we've seen what happened with Rafa Benitez um, after he got relegated. he got relegation on his CV as well. Um, but the bounce back, and I, I do think that Alan Shearer, um, with his own ideas, you know, could have done something similar. But as it turned out, it wasn't to be the case. Chris Hewton um, took the job after a good stint as caretaker manager. And Alan Shearer um, was back on match of the day. But whatever he does, he's been a success at it. So you, you have to uh, have to wait and see what happens.
0: A lot of people obviously still favouring the takeover by Manor Stavely, PIF and the Reuben brothers. The letter that came out last week, quite damning in certain, in certain aspects, depending on how you read it what do you think happens next with that is it a case that that deal is dead in the water that's it now draw a line into it or do you think the Saudi led consortium that bid to buy Newcastle has still got some legs to run in it
1: well again fans are sick of the back, sick to the back teeth of the uh, takeover talk but look at the end of the day the, the Stavely can put a lot of effort into this um, potentially buying Newcastle I think the reasons that the Premier League have now stated, finally, and they've taken the time to do it, by the way, uh, because we've been pushing them since March or April, but they've finally um, put something out there. And for me, I'm a, I'm not convinced by by the answer. I think really, uh, I think the stably Camp should call the bluff now, the Premier League, and put down a name on that piece of paper. If it goes to arbitration, fine, and, and let them make a decision, but give them a decision to make because I think some of the ideas that the stable camp had were good, but ultimately, um, you know, the Premier League have, have put the block on it and uh, they say that they haven't rejected it, but, you know, effectively, you know, they haven't accepted it either, so it's just been sort of parked um, and hopefully, the, you know, this, this could come back because I think out of all the consortiums and groups that have been linked, the one that I've had the most public support is, is definitely Amanda Stavely and, and the people in, in her camp, so we'll have to wait and see.
0: Um, like you mentioned, the arbitration tribunal there, a lot of people pointed out, and you pointed out in the podcast after that letter was released, that it is an appeal process. How can they offer that to the consortium when a decision hasn't been made? I put that to the Premier League over the weekend and, and they just said they wouldn't comment further. You know, and those close to the group, they, they they've been they've got a a lens to make that point, haven't they? That no decision was made, so how could they accept a arbitration tribunal? It's it's a strange one, and that is a question amongst others that the Premier League need to come back and answer, don't they?
1: Well, they do, but whether we will get a, a straight answer on it, I, I don't know. It's it's the Premier League have had every opportunity to, to communicate uh, this widely with, with the fans and in the end they have offered something but it's there's more questions than answers after that letter the other day. So if, it, if, it, if there'd been a decision and they rejected it then obviously people would understand arbitration but to, to have it on, on the back of you know something that was sort of middle of the road just that doesn't make much sense. Um, so we'll have to hope that you know there is this um, meeting between Richard Masters and the fans. I hope he doesn't go in there and just you know with a prepared statement and give everything with a straight bat. Hope he, gets, he treats the fans with with a bit of respect and gives them the answers that they deserve because you know they've had a a long wait. You know they thought, by, by now we were hoping that they were under new owners and uh, here we are going into a, another season. With the same man and uh, same man's name above the door.
0: Just going back to the Bellagraph Group, um, your story this morning about who would be in charge, um, Eva Jelena Shen. Uh, you know, so a woman in charge of Newcastle United, and you know that's something they're really pushing. They want to be the first um, club to to have a, ch- a chairwoman running a Premier League club, which is great news. And also, they want to inject money into the local community as well which of course the previous consortium wanted to do um, what do you make of those plans I guess you know especially the community plans it's very easy to say that isn't it that they want to put money into the food bank they want to put money here and there but it's all really we, we, we'd need to see the proof of that wouldn't we
1: well uh, this is the thing this is one of the things that winds support up it? and it winds journalists up to be totally honest Uh that we hear about all these grand plans we're going to do this that we're going to sign him and you know we're going to do this the stadium we're going to build this statue but you can do all those things once you've paid the money and once you've got the keys for the club you can talk all day long about that um i don't think anybody needs too much public backing to take the club off Mike ashley's hands because i think whoever comes in would get a warm enough welcome they don't need to endear themselves to the supporters by making promises before the club's been signed so well, with the greatest will in the world they're probably not aware of how sensitive um, relations are between you know Mike Ashley and the supporters because we're up here in the North East and you know it's almost like people just see it as a bit of a, a soap opera but the reality is is that people who do come in need to do the research and, and understand that 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 sort of uneasy relationship between the supporters and Mike Ashley because it's been going on for a long time now. It's you know I think the fir- the first time it went up for sale was in two thousand and eight. So and you know, here we are in twenty twenty. We're still talking about a similar similar story about the club being sold. So uh it's it's
0: tiresome. <laughs> to say the least. We were talking about yesterday how many uh bidders have been and it's been quite a few especially in your time Lee um I suppose finally and this will be the final question um before we wrap up and it's it's a strange question to ask because obviously we're journalists and we get the information we write the stories but we know how Mike Ashley feels about bids for the club being played out in public so with this new group why do you think it is being played out public I mean you know it, Mike Ashley's made no secret that he wants everything kind of done behind closed doors. And um, we've seen with the previous group, he wasn't too happy, especially the f- the sec- first time they came around, he wasn't too happy with what he perceived as kind of leaks and what have you. And yet this one, again, it's been played out in the open, um, which one would assume Mike Ashley really doesn't want to happen. I think what
1: the reality is, is that, this group initially they didn't want this it's been going on for a few weeks and then obviously over the weekend somebody said something to somebody and it's suddenly everybody's on it you know and um, they've done the research on on who these people are and that's why it has as I say in the last sort of 24, 36 hours it's it's you know there's been a lot of stories and a lot of coverage and obviously you've got it's even on broadcast television at the minute after we're watching the Lunchtime sports channel and basically they're talking about it on there now as well. So anybody who's doubting these people have come forward and and put in a bid. um, I I think you know it's there for all to see now that they have. Has the bid been accepted? No, it hasn't. Is the bid enough? No, it's not. Are they going to have to go back? Yes, they are. And that's when this is now with a we're now entering the territory the familiar territory of Mike Ashley there being angry that it's, it's, it's in all the papers um, I mean he's he's a hard man to please he doesn't like that there's a lot of things he doesn't like but this is where this group are now and that when, when I'm talking about the sensitivity and the complexities of trying to buy Newcastle United and, and finally somebody getting the club off Mike Ashley's hands they, these people are now experiencing what a lot of people have had beforehand Peter Kenyon Amanda Staveley, in recent times um I think there's been a couple of other groups in the past. I think Mike Ashley held some talks with people uh, in Dubai back in the back in the day, and then that didn't go through because uh, mm-hmm. various reasons. If people can can look up some of these stories in the past, as you say, there's been so many of them. So they're now finding out how difficult it will be to uh, to, to buy this club and take it from Mike Ashley's hands.
0: Fantastic. Well, Lee, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you guys for watching on Facebook or listening over on our podcast channel. Head over to Chronicle Live and we'll keep you up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news, including the next chapter in the Newcastle United Takeover saga.